<laughs> Wait, should we start when we see attendees in the room or just start whenever? I'm just going to follow whatever y'all want to do because I feel like I'm sort of the guest. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can, we can definitely start now and then just keep going as people join or leave. Mm -hmm. um, and this will also be recorded. So I think we'll, I believe we will be putting it on YouTube afterwards too. So other people can access like your wonderful information, even if they like aren't able to make it to like, uh, this webinar due to like classes or other conflict. So um, I just wanted to start out like before we like get into like any questions that anyone has. Um, I wanted to like thank you for like joining us and you yeah. know you mentioned before we started how like you get asked about Zoom fatigue and I know it's really hard sometimes to like say yes to getting on like another Zoom call like at the end of the day after like a full day of like talking right. to people online. Um, so we really appreciate you coming here and like answering our questions and like helping us kind of navigate this new, I guess, reality of like, this is this is like our social interaction, which is kind of crazy, but at the same time, super necessary. Um, so I, I want to say thank you before like we go forward. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I. Um, I was going through this. I just was on like a webinar right before this. And then I, mm -hmm. I started Zoom at nine o'clock this morning with a group of students. So, and we were discussing Zoom fatigue on that call and, you know, uh, ways to deal with it. And, um, and I was talking about it. One of the students was really interested in doing a project around that. And I was like, that would be great. It would almost be like, you'd be starting to do some of the initial research, right? Like surveying, yeah. how do you, like, that's what you would be doing because this is so new, right? Like, people mm -hmm. don't really know how to prevent Zoom fatigue. And everybody I work with, everybody I talk to, faculty, staff, the people I work with, I mean, some, some folks are on Zoom for literally like eight hours straight. Like, they just have one Zoom meeting after another Zoom meeting after another. Um, I purposely, actually, if I have control over when I can schedule meetings, I will not schedule back-to-back -back like that. I will try to... Uh, I used to schedule meetings like that where I would, you know, schedule maybe 15 or 20 minutes to walk across campus to get from a meeting to, net, to the next one. But um, now I actually purposely, if I have control over it, I know we don't always have control over it, but if I have control over it, I will purposely put in at least a 30 minute break, if not an hour break mm -hmm. in between Zoom meetings. And I will, and I will purposely not schedule more than five Zoom meetings in a day if I can, if I can get away with it, if I can, there's some days I can't, like there's some days I just have to deal with it. But then what I'll do is the next day is I will purposely not schedule as many Zooms the next day. So if I have to schedule six mm -hmm. Zooms or seven Zooms on one day, I'll the next day try to keep it to a minimum, you know, like two or three Zooms and try to really give myself time to do other things. Yeah. Um, working on things that are more creative kind of things like putting together presentations or reading, reading stuff, reading research or reading something that I need to catch up on. So I'm very intentional about my calendar now, way more so than I was before. So I think that's one thing is just trying to um, be purposeful and looking at your calendar. And if you see an opening, but you see that you're going to have, you already have three back-to-back -back Zooms, don't mm -hmm. schedule another one. Like don't schedule another <laughs> one. Give yourself, say, I don't have that. I just did that today. I had to email 
think there were three different people I emailed about scheduling things over the next two weeks. And I purposely skipped over days where I, I really, I had my hour mm -hmm. breaks in there. And I, I was like, no, I'm not going to give them, I'm not giving them that hour. That's my hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I think that's, I think that's definitely one thing. And then I think there are days, there are days where I really try to not schedule a Zoom if I can. Like I can't do mm -hmm. that every single week, but if I can do it one day where I really have no Zooms or maybe I just have a Zoom with like a friend or something, you know, like a, it's, it's going to be like an e easy informal Zoom. Um, but I really will try uh, to do that too. And I found, you know, I found I started having to do this because I was starting to have headaches from doing too many Zooms. Cause I, I have a sort of a history a little bit with migraines and I realized like that was what was contributing to it. And so I basically, the last, I've really learned to do it over the last really six weeks. I've just started purposely scheduling that when I have control over it. The problem is we don't always have control, but when we do, we should take control of that and, and say, no, take back that hour for non-Zoom time, I would say. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you mentioned purposely scheduling in like these 30 minute breaks, um, you know, like whenever we're on campus and if we have back to back classes, we, we really get this like 15 minute break in between a walk, you know, between classes yeah. is really helpful because on such a big, you know, campus, you need that time to get around. Um, but now that, you know, we're all just kind of pretty stationary and we're not, you know, actively moving to another place for our next class, it's like, uh, like, what can we do during those 15 minutes to like, kind of like mentally reset and feel refreshed? Because sometimes I just feel as though I like open up social media and I'll just like sit there on like Instagram for 15 minutes, which I know is not yeah. like, the ideal thing to do. But I'm also, you know, I just kind of also think like, what else am I going to do like in these 15 minutes? So do you have any advice like for yeah. what we should be doing in that time? You know, it's funny because, um, so I, I mean, I have to be honest, I am not the same age as y'all. So I don't, social media is not a thing that is central to my life. I basically got Facebook, you know, when it first came out, because one of my best friends said, you have to get on Facebook so we can share pictures of our kids. Like that's, what, that's why I got on Facebook. And I still, I don't share pictures. Like she's always on me like, you're not putting any pictures up. Cause I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get, I don't do social media. I basically, you know, try to see friends, what friends are doing and like pictures of their cute kids and stuff. But mm -hmm. so I have to admit, I'm not in the same <laughs> mindset about Instagram and my daughter's real into TikTok now. So I, I get this. My son does YouTube, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I think the best thing to do, quite honestly, especially now that it's getting cooler, is go outside. Go outside, mm -hmm. even if it's just for 20 minutes. I did that. Um, Last week, my daughter wanted to go out and work on her juggling. She plays soccer. And this is a thing is like juggling the soccer ball with your feet. Right. And she wanted me to go out and practice. And I just did that in between. I had, I had a, a 45 minute break in between zooms. And, um, I was like, okay, I can go out. Even if I, I mean, nobody's going to notice if I'm hot and sweaty, like on the zoom, you can't see, you can't see that. Right. So, um, so I did it and it was great. I felt so refreshed after I did that. And I only went out with her for, I didn't go out for the full 45 minutes. I think I went out for like maybe 25 minutes, something like that. And I did, I'm not, I can't juggle. So I went out and I helped her and I counted her juggles <laughs> and I played some defense while she, you know, was trying to kick the ball around me. I'm not a good soccer player. So I was a basketball player. I'm honest. Um, but it was fun. Like it was good. It was good to get outside and just move a little bit. Um, I think that's a big thing. Just like you were talking about like the walking between classes, it's kind of like you're creating that, right? So if you can get out and walk around the block or just go sit 
and uh, do something else, not on social media, maybe where you're not looking at a screen, right? Like doing something where maybe you can just maybe just go out and rest your eyes. Like sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll just go out. We have like a little chair that's hanging on our front porch. Just go out and sit in that and just rest my eyes for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But being outside, we actually know that it had, there's research on that, that that supports wellness. So that's a good self-care technique. Like actually, um, you know, finding awe in nature. There's actually a study I just saw in a science um, thing that I get on my email that was talking about how that boosts happiness because of the neurological, like the brain stuff that happens when you are looking at trees and finding, you know, in grass and being, you know, in awe of this, of where we live, you know, and all this, this environmental stuff. So, so I would definitely say something like that or something else that, you know, kind of, if it's, if it's not great outside, it's like 105 degrees, which of course in Texas it is, and maybe other places <laughs> where people live. Um, you know, there's other things, doing other things that are going to get your brain doing something else. So if you're into jigsaw puzzles, doing a jigsaw puzzle, if you're into doing uh, crosswords, doing a crossword puzzle or doing something, something that's going to like kind of let you get into a different state of mind and kind of get your, and not be looking at a screen. I think that's the key for me is that's the difficulty. It's not necessarily always social media is bad. It's just that you're continuing to look at a screen, right? And so that's what I try to do is I try to get off my screen, you know, just to, and I mean, cause I'm doing everything on my screen, right? All of my work is on my computer. All, you know, I sit, I could just go for nine hours straight on my computer. So, um, so that's what I would say is trying to find something like that. That's going to be a brain. And if you can go outside and do it, I would definitely encourage that because um, that for me, I find so refreshing is getting outside and doing some of that. Yeah. yeah I definitely like never, you know, realize the correlation between social like being on social media and these breaks and like how I'm still just staring at another screen and I like mm -hmm. you know I'm surprised at the end of the day when like my eyes are exhausted like I'm not tired but like my eyes are just tired like, I have to wear these sooner than you would <laughs> oh my gosh I, I like I know people getting blue light glasses and I just yeah. think yeah, and I was like, are we, are we at that age? Like, yeah, we're going to start doing that. Or I guess because we, you know, if we like use our screens for everything now, like, especially now, maybe, maybe it is that time. Maybe we, we got to start doing it, investing in some blue light glasses or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we also, we have a really great question from one of our participants um, in the, like, in the audience, if the attendees that we can't really see right now, but um, from Justin, he's asking, uh, if you're losing motivation or getting behind on work, what would be your advice on making a realistic plan to catch up without feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, motivation is a really, so the first thing I have to say about motivation, I've been asked to talk a lot about motivation recently because this is something that I think everybody, I don't think it's just students. I think, you know, students, faculty are feeling not motivated to do things, staff, the people who I work with are very, are struggling with motivation. Um, and it's understandable because, you know, a lot of what motivates us to go to class and to do our work is some of this human stuff that happens when we're doing that, right? And, uh, and we're talking about it and we're interested in it because we have those connections. So the, the one thing I need to stress about motivation is motivation is not just an internal thing to you. Uh, motivation is something that's sort of socially constructed between you and the environment, right? So our environments can be more motivating and they can be less motivating. And right now we're in an, we're probably in, you are probably in an environment that is not extremely motivating. 
And so be aware of that, that you're not the only one who's experiencing it. It's not your fault. Like that's, I, that's, I think one of the mistakes we, we make sometimes, especially educators, like you should be more motivated, like be motivated, like stop being lazy, like stop. That doesn't help. Like that's not, it's not an individual problem. It's basically a, a contextual problem that we now need to try to figure out. So given that I know this setting is not motivating, what are the things that I can do to sort of try to take back control and try to take control of my motivation? And we know things from research that work. So focusing on things that are important to you. So thinking about things that are connect to your purpose in life, to your values, like why would I, why do I need to do this right now? Like what, how does this connect to who I am and what I think is important? And the more you can sort of try to give, find internal reasons for doing it, the more uh, self-determined you're going to feel. And then the more you're going to be more motivated to do those things. Setting goals, setting goals that are important to you. To you. So internal to you, things that you can control. Um, those are going to be good. We know goal theory has been around for a long time. And setting manageable goals. So this is one of the things that I find that I have to do, especially right now, is... Um, is I really have to set smaller goals than I normally do. Like I, it used to be that I could set sort of this longer term goal that's going to take me and I could sort of, you know, like work toward. Now I really have to do very short term daily goals for myself. Sometimes even when am I going to get done in the morning? When am I going to get done in the evening? Yesterday I had three goals that I set for myself of the things I was going to do. Two of them were pretty easy. One I knew was going to take a little while to do. So I actually scheduled time for that. I scheduled three hours to work on that goal. The other two, I just set in my head and said, I'm going to get these done first because they're easy to do. And it made me feel good when I got those done. It made me feel motivated to do the next goal and then to get the one done that was kind of the more long-term one. Sometimes it works the opposite. Sometimes people want to get the long-term one done first because they feel like they're going to, they need to get that one done and out of the way when they're fresh. So doing things when, know yourself, like know what works for you. So some people work better in the mornings. Some people work better at night. I happen to be a person who loves to work at night. So when my kids are starting to like kind of chill out and go to sleep right around like nine o'clock, nine thirty, I'll actually that's when I kick in working on something that I need more brain space for because nine to midnight is my good time. Morning is not an especially always great time for me. That's when I do emails. That's when I do. So I am very purposeful and I'm very self-aware of what works for me. And I don't force myself, especially right now, I don't try to force myself into doing something or doing something in a way that's going to be really, really hard for me. I try to find the easiest way to get it done. Um, so, so that's one thing, setting goals. The, the, the other thing I should mention about that three-hour thing I was working on yesterday, that thing was a big thing, but it was something that I knew that if I allowed myself to have three hours, one, I could accomplish it, but two, I would, I could get off email for a little while because I would have caught up on email. I would have caught up on texting and getting everything else done that I needed to do. And then I had that three hours to get into what's called a, sta a flow state where I could actually really just kind of focus on this one thing and get engaged in it and immerse myself in it. And that's actually a motivating thing. It, and it can happen with schoolwork. It can happen if, if you're really engaged, if you really, um, you know, with, if you're working on, I don't know, something, if you're working on writing a paper, and you give yourself, you know, that three hours to really get engaged, to like do the reading, to start to create the outline. Um, you can get in a flow state with work stuff. It just is a matter of one, you can't multitask when you're trying to in a, be in a flow state. So that's why I have to get all the emails and all of that. I got to get all that stuff, that little stuff out of the way. So I'm not thinking about it when I'm trying 
to get in this flow state and be because I need to have that three hours to do it. Um, and, uh, and then that's enjoyable. Like I actually had like, like I think about yesterday afternoon, I actually had fun doing this and I got this goal accomplished. So, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it really is hard to get started on something like that. So one of the tricks that I use with my brain, I tell students this all the time and I've talked about this for many, many years. So I used to teach a learning skills class where we talked about motivation is um, I'll trick myself into only working on something for a few minutes. So I'll just say, I, all I'm gonna do right now is like if I had to create a set of slides for a presentation, I'll say, all I'm gonna do is create the title slide and create the outline slide. That's all I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna do those two things. It'll take me about 10 minutes and then, I'll, and then I'll, work, I'll work on something else. Well, what often happens is I start to do that, but then once I get the outline laid out, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and create the next few slides just with the titles of all of those things that I put on the outline. And then what happens is I'm like, well, you know what? I need to go ahead and just add some of the information. And then all of a sudden, 45 minutes or an hour later, I've, <laughs> I've spent a lot more time on this thing than I said I was only gonna spend five minutes or 10 minutes on. I don't know, I don't know the science behind why that works, but it's one of the recommendations that we always were told to give to students. And I realized it's something that I totally do to avoid, to keep myself from procrastinating. Um, and I used to be a terrible, terrible, terrible procrastinator. And now that's I, what I've learned is breaking things up into small goals, rewarding yourself. So the, you know, rewarding yourself by giving yourself a break, by allowing yourself to do something else. If it's on social media or if it's going outside or if it's just resting your eyes or taking a nap. One of the rewards, rewards I give myself is just going and laying on the couch for 30 minutes and just kind of like, not even necessarily going to sleep, but just, you know, almost doing like a mindfulness activity, right? Like where I just kind of allow my brain to relax and just to kind of be, right? Um, so those are good. And those are again, good wellness techniques that we know. I didn't know that's what I didn't know I was doing a mindfulness technique. <laughs> But that's what it is, right? That's that's what you're doing. So, um, so I think that those those kinds of things are really good. And it's okay, it's okay that you you're feeling like I can't do all of this right now. Um, break it, just break it up and do little bits, and don't don't beat yourself up. Like that's the other thing I have learned is self compassion. Is mm -hmm. everybody has these? Everybody struggles with this stuff, and so realize this common humanity thing. Um, it, everybody's dealing with it. It's not just you by yourself. We all struggle with these procrastination. We all struggle with motivation. Um, and I think that's one thing is allowing yourself to realize that this is just part of the thing. And there's going to be days where you're more, there's days where I like am getting out of bed. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have six zooms today. I don't even know. And then there's other days where I'm like, yay, like, you know, I don't know what the difference is. Like, I don't know if it's because the day before I was, you know, I wore myself out. And so now I'm too tired. I don't know, but we all have this, the ebbs and the flows and, and that. So just, so do realize that too. Um, and, you know, you're just going to have days where, and like last Friday, I was just like, you know what? I have worked hard all week. I'm going to do the Zooms I have, and I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I, I stopped at three. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go hang out outside with my daughter, go watch her play some soccer. Um, I'm not going to work tonight. And then I broke up and did a little, a few things, like one or two things on Saturday. And then I did a couple of things on Sunday that didn't take me that long. So, um, so I think that's just some, it's like, sometimes you have to realize like, okay, I'm at, I'm at where I, I, I can't go anymore. I gotta, I just need to give myself. And that's not cheating. That's not being a bad person. That's not being lazy. Everybody has to take breaks. Everybody has to practice 
self-care and self-care could just be not doing anything. That's okay. <laughs> like it's okay to not do anything, like to just exist, to just be. Um, and I think that's especially important right now to realize is it's okay to, to sit and do nothing sometimes because our, some, our brains need to be, to stop occasionally and just yeah. chill. Yeah. I think one I question I have, like as a student specifically, like, yeah, it's easy to stop and chill with checkmark lists, but we have like assignments that are like from F to A, like you can always do better, you know, in our minds. So how do we know when it's like time to stop on an assignment or with a certain class before we like burn ourselves out or like feel too guilty about taking a break for ourselves? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a hard, I think one of the things that I've realized, and I've, I've kind of said this, you can kind of hear this theme is like, I've really developed a pretty strong self-awareness of myself. And like when I'm, when I should keep going and when I should like, I'm done. Like, I don't need to work anymore on this. And maybe it's just like, sometimes I'll actually realize like, I can't do any more on this until maybe I let somebody else look at it. Like, let me give it to somebody else to see, right? So I did that with the slides yesterday. I got as much done and then I said, I think I'm good on this. I can't really, I can't really focus anymore on it. I've done as much as I can. Can you guys look at it for me? These other two people who I'm uh, creating these slides with, can y'all look at it and give me feedback and see if there's anything that I'm missing, right? So, um, so and you can do that with assignments, right? You can do that with uh, homework. Like I would, I would very much encourage you, even though I know it's hard to do study groups and stuff right now, I would figure out ways to connect with people and just do some things like, you know, like, this is where I am with this problem. Like, where are you? You know, like have some of those connections with other people to have those discussions around, um, around your work. Now, if the faculty don't want you to like share, I mean, this, this will start to get into some of my issues about like, you know, what work should really be about. And to me, you should be able to share where you are in the problem solving process and be having some collaboration because you would be doing that. Hopefully you would be doing that in class. You'd be doing that in labs if you had labs with folks. Like it wouldn't just be on you. Um, my work is never just on me. I'm always collaborating mm -hmm. with other people. So I don't know why we think that students need to work on their work in class like by themselves. Like you're never gonna do that in, in the real world. You're never gonna send a yeah. kid and do everything by yourself. So I think that um, that would be one thing too is like, is when you kind of feel like you're getting to a point with your work, like work, work where you feel productive. And when mm -hmm. you start feeling like this is, like you're working against yourself, then you should stop and you should either do something else, work on something else that maybe is going to be easier on your brain because you have homework, you have work assignments that are easier and harder. And you know yourself, for some people, writing a paper is easier than working on, you know, calculus problems or, you know, whatever. So figure out for yourself, what are the things that I, that I like doing first? What do I, what do I prefer to do later on? And I mentioned that kind of earlier when I kind of think about how I lay out my day. Um, I really am very purposeful about that. So, uh, but do know you give yourself time. So that's, that, this leads to this issue though of <laughs> time management, right? Yeah. So you can't wait to try to do an assignment all in one day, like the day before it's due. That means you have to kind of start working on it before that. So you can do, and you don't have to work on it a lot, but like I said, if you trick yourself into doing a little bit when you first get it right. Like maybe you have an assignment that gets given on a Thursday and it's due like the following Thursday. You don't have to actually do the assignment the Thursday you get it, but look at it, read it, think about it. Think about like how, what, how am I gonna approach this? Like how long is this gonna take me to do, right? 
and then you can kind of break it up and then maybe you st might start working on it on Sunday or Monday, but you've had some time to think about it. You've given yourself, you know, but you need to give yourself a cushion because otherwise if you are trying to do everything last minute, you are going to get burned out. Um, and, and, and that's not, that's not healthy. And believe me, I've done that. I've done it. I've done it. And you know, this, all of this stuff, I wish that, you know, in undergrad, I went to undergrad at UT and I wish I had had my graduate self be able to go back and talk to my undergraduate self because I figured all of this stuff out in graduate school. Mm -hmm. And I did, I did much better. I mean, I was, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed undergraduate school. Don't get me wrong. Like I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed my time in undergrad at UT, but I would have gotten so much more out of a lot of the learning that I was doing if I had had some of the techniques that I learned in graduate school. And I learned a lot of those techniques in graduate school because I was in ed psych and we were learning how to teach other people this stuff. And so I would start applying it to myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, this stuff totally, totally works. <laughs> I wish I would have known this, you know, 10 years ago or, you know, 12 yeah. years ago when I was an undergrad. So um, I think it's just harder because you do have, you know, I mean, it takes a little bit of, it takes time management, it takes self-regulation, these kinds of things, and just, and developing that self-awareness. And I think sometimes, because we haven't really had to have that self-awareness necessarily in high school or before, and it, it's like you're, you're learning these, these self-regulation processes while you're also trying to put them in place. It's like, you know, that the whole metaphor of like building the plane while you're flying it, right? Um, so, uh, but I do think it helps to hear some of these things explicitly and, and hear some of the things that work for other people, because then you can at least start trying some of them, even if you end up putting off some assignments, tell them and you, and don't beat yourself up if you do that. Everybody does it. Everybody. Just try, try to do it a little bit less. Try to do it a little bit less, and a little bit less, and a little bit less. And I think you'll see that you'll, you will be happier over time. It just takes, um, it just takes sort of a little bit of a shift in your mindset about how you want to schedule things and, um, and work. So does that um, help? Oh, so like going back to what you said about like taking breaks and like making sure that we're taking time to ourselves beyond just like these goals that we have or what we need to accomplish for the day. Um, someone wants to know if you have any like recommendations for podcasts, shows, videos, like anything that have like really made you happy or inspired or just like, I guess, forget about, you know, the grander circumstances <laughs> that you would like to share with us or, um, or yeah, just like any recommendations in general, maybe like beyond that, like any hobbies or anything you think is productive or useful for like a college student, also easily accessible to hopefully for a college student as well. Yeah, sure. So, um, so there are, you know, there's the nice thing is there's lots of resources now for some of this stuff. And there is, um, there's a really good, there's a podcast right now that I've listened to a few episodes. I haven't listened to a lot of them, but I listened to one on sleep, for example. It's called uh, The Happiness Lab. I think that's a, the name of it. And it's all, it's a, it's a, a um, professor out of Yale who has a really super popular uh, well-being class. It's called The Science of Well-Being. And it's like the most popular class, like, you know, literally every, like thousands of students take it every year. And she has it on course ERA now where every, anybody can take it for free. And she does a really good job of going through and talking about all this well-being stuff, like the science of well-being, the things that we can do to support our wellness, these positive psychology things. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. I definitely recommend the course if you're interested in going through it because she does a really good job of teaching. Like she's, you can tell she's a good teacher. 
of this stuff. She uses videos really well. She uses examples. She's just very engaging in, uh, in how she does it. Um, I, I do think, you know, uh, exercise for sure. And I, by exercise, I don't mean you have to, you know, go out and just kill yourself and, you know, get your heart rate above 180 for, you know, 45 minutes, just movement, just getting out. Like, that's why I talk about going outside, just going out and walking, um, going out and playing, just some, like playing soccer with my kids or going out and shooting baskets on our basketball goal. I mean, that will get that, that for me is just, is so helpful. And we know that that movement is a really good way to do it. So whatever that looks like, maybe, you know, finding something new that you want to try. That's a, maybe a, you know, a fun sport that you can social distance still <laughs> by doing it. Um, but I do think getting outside, exercising, um, you know, one of the things that I've really gotten into recently that I've been listening to when I'm driving and listening to podcasts and when I walk or when I run is um, I, I've really sort of gotten into this social justice, trying to learn more about black history more about uh, the racial history in the United States kind of more generally. And that has really, like, I've kind of, I've actually purposefully been trying to spend an hour or two every day reading something, listening to something, watching a movie on Netflix related to social justice and trying to think about, this is another, this is actually a wellness technique, right? It's trying to think how you can better um, your community, how you can volunteer to do, like volunteering, this is a wellness strategy. So finding um, groups that maybe you don't have to spend, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour, it could be an hour or two a week that you spend, but just trying to do uh, some things for other folks and learning about how you can be um, more active in the community and, and volunteer. My daughter was actually just doing a random acts of kindness uh, project for her school. And so she was creating letters for kiddos in the hospital. Uh, she really likes artwork. That's kind of her flow thing that she likes to do. She likes to do artwork. Um, so, so that's another self-care thing, right? If you're really into doing artwork, that's a, that's a nice one to do. She'll like disappear in a room for like two or three hours and she's always doing artwork, painting or something. But she made, you know, cards for kids. She made a letter for our, our mail person, our, you know, our mail carrier. She, and put it on the, the uh, mailbox, which was awesome. The, the person was like, hey, thank you, you know? Um, random acts of kindness. That's actually a happiness strategy. So there's a documentary called, I think it's just called happy. I think if I'm, if I'm saying that correctly, and, um, I think it's on, I think it's on prime, but it goes through, it has the woman who does the Yale course, but it's all about the science of well-being. And one of the ones, one of the main strategies they highlight is doing kind things for others. Um, that that is one of the things that can boost your happiness. Now, of course, we don't have a lot of time to do a lot of this, right? But if we can find a little bit of time each week, like I said, an hour or two hours to devote to volunteering or doing um, kind things for other people. Uh, we made homeless uh, blessing bags for the homeless than we have in the car. So we get those out when we're, when we're driving. Um, these are all things that can boost your happiness. And there's actually a really cool website um, called the Happy the path, let's see, path to happier, I think.com. Uh, Jessica might could look that up and put it in the, in the, um, if she looks it up, it's basically a happiness fit diagnostic that lists 12 strategies for being happy that are based on science from the how it's from the book called the how of happiness. And, um, and it just goes through and kind of lets you figure out what things you'd be more internally motivated to do versus more externally motivated to do. And then it says, here's the top four things that you would be more internally motivated to do and kind of gives you an idea. So here, 
you know, here's what those things are. And if you get the book, she has chapters on each one of the things and these different activities that you can do related to them. But, um, but that I like doing that. In fact, I'm doing that on Friday in a workshop for engineering students for them to get, it only takes like 10 minutes to give it. So we're going to give them 10 minutes to take that and kind of identify strategies. Um, and then, and then that's a way to make sure that self-care doesn't feel like it's something in addition to everything else you're having to do, but it's actually something that's kind of connected with who you are. Um, so these, you know, practicing acts of kindness, getting in flow states is another one. So that's kind of uh, engaging in things that really kind of immerse you, right? And this idea of practicing gratitude, that's a really good one. Um, that's a really good one uh, to, to do right now. There's a really good video called A Grateful Day. I like to show that one to students and it's just a five minute video, but it really, it's good. I, I watch it every once in a while, just cause you, you forget how you, there's a lot of things in our lives we should be grateful for, right? And um, even the little things, and we forget that sometimes because sometimes things feel so overwhelming. You know, we get so stressed about stuff. And if we can just sort of step back and think about, man, you know, things aren't as bad <laughs> as, as I'm, I'm making them seem, right? Um, Anyway, so I would recommend that too. That's a good one. But like setting goals, uh, taking care of your body is one of the strategies. These, a lot of these things we've already talked about, these are going to be things that are on that list. Um, so it's kind of trying to help you to identify things that you'd be more willing to do, or maybe you're already doing, and maybe you could just do more of those things. So. Yeah. And I think too, what helps so much, at least whenever you think about exercising or volunteering is that interaction you get with other people so I think it's also partially like kind of a mental hurdle to be like oh I can't you know really like go for like a couple mile run with like a group of other runners or like I can't go volunteer with like a group of other people so it's like making these activities more individualized I think and finding the like in you know the ways that it like more internally benefits you as opposed to like getting something out of it like a group activity would um, and that like kind of goes on to the next thing that we like wanted to talk about is the struggle of uh, isolation and feeling as though you aren't getting these like human interactions that you're used to, especially being on such a big college campus during a normal semester. We have probably like hundreds of little interactions with other people every single day, right? Just like walking around campus. And even if you aren't having, you know, a lot of conversations with other people, you're, you know, getting those human interactions, either like eye contact or like smiles or, you know, just holding the door open for someone else. And I think now it's, it's strange because you maybe, you know, like physically hang out with a handful of other people every day. Um, and you're kind of seeing people over Zoom, but do you have any strategies for how we can, I don't know, like get that human, interaction back even you know even without having these in-person like little interactions that we usually get during a normal semester on campus like is there is there a way I guess to replace it is kind of you know my question yeah I saw that question on the on the list of questions it's probably one of the hardest to answer because you know every individual we all need social interaction we all need human connection. I mean, that's just a fact. That's one of the things we know that um, supports mental. It's probably the, one of the number one ways to support your mental health is to interact with others, to keep those, to nurture those relationships. Um, it's, it's hard right now, of course, because we're doing this social distancing thing. Um, 
you know, we can do, we can talk to people on social media. So Facebook and talking with people through these different formats, of course, it's hard because then we're doing more screen time. Um, I, you know, I do it, every situation, everybody's situation is different. I, I get interaction because I have three people in my house who I live with. Now, sometimes I think we probably drive each other crazy. <laughs> like my four, I think my four, my almost 14 year old son would be like, can I just, the other day was like, I just need to get out of this house, you know, but he interacts with his friends through um, video games, right? So they, he has the headphones on and they talk through, they do that. They actually work with their, on their homework sometimes together through Zoom. Um, and he seems to be okay with that sort of social interaction. Like that seems, I just, I basically am, you know, allowing him to do a lot more video game playing than I normally would during the week. Cause I know that's his social interaction time. Um, I know I went like uh, one of the faculty members, like normally with faculty who I work with and staff, like we go to lunch together or we walk, you know, we'll go and um, have coffee together. We of course aren't doing any of that. So like one of the faculty members and I who hadn't gotten to talk in a long time, we went on a socially distanced walk. So we went, you know, we stayed six feet apart and we just walked through a park and just took time to kind of catch up and talk about our families and kind of what was going on. Um, you know, you have to wear masks and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, I think you just try to find ways, like we do our, our group, our work, we have lunch every Tuesday, right? Like a lot of our coordinators, if we can, we get together on Zoom and just sit there and eat and just kind of talk about whatever. So um, I think it's tricky. I don't think it's the greatest thing. I think it is a thing that people are suffering with the most. Um, but I think, you know, I think you just appreciate the the people who you can actually be close to right now. Like I'm sure there's people who you can be close with, you know, take advantage of that. Get, get to know those people. Like, you know, I've been hanging out with my daughter, my husband a lot where my husband and I purposely schedule an hour every evening where we go walk together just because we're doing our work stuff, you know, throughout the day. And so we go and walk together and kind of talk about stuff. I purposely kick Zach off the, video games at some point to come and hang out with us and kind of have conversation with us. My, my son is not a big talker. So, you know, it's like trying to get words out of him, but um, yeah, it is, it is a struggle. And it's, it's interesting. I was reading something the other day about how people who are more introverted right now are actually not struggling as much with this. And I'm actually more of an introverted person. Like I, when I go work out, I work out by myself. Um, I, it's actually my time to be alone because I do have so much interaction with other folks that actually is tiring for me because it, it's actually something I, I have to work on. And I really actually, I do, I put a lot of energy into making sure that I have, you know, that I am empathetic and that I think through and, um, you know, I think through how conversations are going to go. And because my job is very much trying to, trying to influence people's behavior, right? Trying to get faculty to do things in different ways. And sometimes that's tiring, that's exhausting, especially for someone who's not a super like, you know, it doesn't sound like I'm not a super outgoing person. I am outgoing in some ways, but, um, but it's not a natural thing all the time for me. And so I actually take this time now, it's kind of nice. Sometimes I'm like, I like the time where I have a little bit more time to just be with me and just to do things that are important to me and that make help me to develop more in ways that I wouldn't normally have time to do because normally I'm constantly, you know, out there meeting people doing these kinds of things that I'm not doing as much of right now. And so I have this time 
to sort of better myself and think about like, what are ways I might want to, you know, what are things that I might want to work on right now that I actually have time to do that I won't have time once things get back to maybe a little bit more normalcy. So I think this is actually, I mean, it could be in a way a, an opportunity, an opportune time to kind of think about what are things, like one of the things I want to do is I've always wanted to create a website for myself. And I've never done it because it's just, it seems overwhelming or whatever. But now I actually just opened up, I was looking at some students' website that they had created that was really cool. And I was like, I could do this. I could create a website like this. So that's going to be one of my projects is I'm going to like on the weekends kind of work on creating a, a website over the next six months. So I think that's one thing to do too is like, are there projects, are there things that you normally wouldn't do that actually this time could allow you to do um, and take advantage of that? Because once you get back, then you're going to be, you know, back in your normal life, back doing this stuff. That is going to happen at some point, by the way. <laughs> that is going to happen. It's not going to be like this forever. Um, but uh, I, I think that's one thing too, is sort of trying to be optimistic about, well, what could I do right now? What are the things taking advantage of, of that? Um, but yeah, it is hard with the social connection. Try, just trying to be, come up with ways and, and making sure you schedule it every day. Like my husband and I do. We schedule every day that hour where we go and um, we walk together um and we have to schedule like that or we probably wouldn't do it um every single day so i think that's one thing is schedule is scheduling that time and realizing that that having that social connection that's that's you have to do that it's not an it's not really an option right like you're not you're not procrastinating you're not putting off your work you're not you're allowed to do this i think that's the thing too is giving yourself that um, allowance. And one of the things that some students, I've told this to a couple of different groups of students um, that I thought was really interesting. Some students told me one of the things that they like to do just to have a little bit of social connection with people who are in the kind of the same programs and then the same classes is they'll just sit and get on a Zoom and not necessarily talk to each other, but just sit and work on their work together. So they'll all, there'll be five of them, they have the Zoom on, they're not necessarily in or they're just sitting there working, but then if they have a question or if they just want to take a break and talk to somebody, they're all there together. They told me that that seemed to really work for them. Um, and these were engineering students who were telling me this. they were working on, you know, they have these problems and these homework sets and things. And um, they said that that actually, that really, that motivated them to actually get their work done because they were sitting there working together on something. And they would just plan this, you know, a few times a week to get together and do this Zoom for an hour or two. Um, whenever they could schedule it. So it is important to do and is just trying to make sure you're scheduling that and taking that time. Yeah, I do think that's interesting because when I think about it, you know, like during a normal semester, my favorite places to study are places like the FAC or, you know, the collaborative spaces and like the PCL where you're surrounded by other people who are like, motivated to get their work done and so you know whenever you just end up being like in your room all day and you don't have a lot of interaction with other people I feel like sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to like get your work done and like feel motivated to do anything because there's no one else around like it, it's weird it's like when other people are motivated it kind of rubs up off on you a little bit but when it's you know just you like sitting in your apartment or sitting at home and you know you have this full list of things to do sometimes it's difficult when there's like no motivating factors around you or like other people you can kind of play off of so yeah i think making these like virtual study groups can be super beneficial especially people who are like living in apartments or like living alone and don't have you know, that like everyday in-person social interaction that like other people who maybe decided to stay home for the semester or are living in more like communal housing, like a lot of other people kind of get 
Um, so it's definitely really interesting. And I like, I never thought of it before, but now I'm like, yeah, no, like I love to be surrounded by other people who are, you know, doing their own thing, but we're all studying together. Yeah. I thought that was a cre really creative way. And I heard a couple, like one person mentioned it. We, I was in this group with students just talking about how they were doing wellness wise. Um, one student mentioned, and then another student said, oh, we've done the same thing. And it, it totally, so it was interesting because I wouldn't have thought to do that, but I think that that's a, a good thing. So figuring out, um, you know, and then you have a connection with some people in the class, right? Like, I think that's what's really hard too about some of these Zooms is like, you know, at least when you go to class and there's 150 people in the class, you sit down next to some different people and you kind of get to know, I remember that at UT, like I remember, you know, I would get to know a few people in the class and we kind of, you know, share notes if we missed class together or whatever. And there's not, how do you do that in Zoom? You know, you're missing out on that. So if there's, you know, if there's a way to kind of set that stuff up and um, I think it, yeah, I think it can be really beneficial. Yeah, I do too. And I, I actually think that might be um, all the questions. I think we kind of covered all the different subjects, unless of course you want to, I know you said you talked about, you know, Zoom fatigue earlier today, and that's kind of the last subject we really wanted to talk about. I don't know if you're getting fatigued talking about Zoom fatigue, but if you would like to um, kind of share the conversations that you were having earlier with the people on this call in our group, that would be really amazing as well. Sure, yeah, and I did put that path to happier in the um, chat. That's what I was, I pulled it up and put that link in there. So if you wanna go and do that happiness, it's kind of a fun little diagnostic and it'll tell you um, strategies to you. So um, yeah, so I was talking about how I will purposely not schedule, you know, back-to-back -back Zooms if I can. I know that's not always doable, especially if you have classes and you've got synchronous classes that you have to go to. But, um, but like, if you, had a, if you had a block of synchronous classes, like Tuesday, Thursday, say you were going from 9.30 in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon, don't schedule anything else after 3.30. And on Wednesday, if you can do it, schedule, don't schedule any Zooms or schedule one Zoom or, or two, like limit your number of Zooms. And if you're gonna schedule Zooms, try to try to put space so try to put in a 30 minute block or an hour block where you can get away from the computer you can rest your eyes you can go outside you can do something else to give yourself that little bit of a break you know i i have to be honest too one of the other things that i think helps me with zoom fatigue is uh and it's not directly related to it but it is um, another happiness strategy is i have taken this time to actually allow myself to sleep more so I am one of those people who I am terrible. I need to do a better job and I know I need to do a better job of getting better sleep. So I normally sleep anywhere from five or six hours to maybe up to seven hours a night. That's what I would normally do. Now I am regularly getting between seven and nine hours of sleep. And it's because I know I'm not a morning person. So I purposely don't schedule Zooms first thing in the morning. I schedule them at 9.30 or 10 at the earliest. I just don't, I just don't tell people I'm available before nine o'clock or 9.30. Um, sometimes even 10 o'clock. Fridays, I'm not available before 10 o'clock because I know I'm going to take that time because I'm gonna work until midnight the night before and then I'm gonna sleep until eight or 8.30 or nine o'clock. Um, and I, can, I will purposely do that. I will purposely schedule so that I can get that good, that eight hours of sleep. It, I used to not do that. And I am actually, this, that's one of the things I'm taking now is I'm like, you know what? I'm taking back my sleep. I am going to sleep when I need to sleep and use this flexibility that I have in my schedule now 
to, to take naps in the afternoon. I love taking afternoon naps. So I do that every once in a while when I feel like I need to, I don't do it all the time, but I will do it. If, and especially if I have had a lot of zooms in the day, then if I, I look on my calendar and I've got a four to five thirty or six, I'll take that time to go and lay on the couch and just, sometimes I don't sleep. Like I said, sometimes I just rest my eyes and do a little bit of mindfulness practice of just being, letting my brain just kind of go, letting my mind, all that thinking stuff go. Um, but I, I will do that. And, and I will take, uh, I think I, the one I was saying is on, you know, I will take days where I just refuse to do, I refuse to do Zooms. I will not, I will not do a Zoom today. This will be my day off. And, and I, and I know that I put it on my calendar because otherwise I will schedule Zooms because I'll forget that's my, my non-Zoom day, or this is my non-Zoom afternoon. Um, so I know that's not doable. That's not possible all the time, especially for students, because you're not in control of all of it. But when you are in control of your schedule, take control and, and tell people no, or, or don't let them know that you have that time available. Tell them, you know, like I'm, I'm taking this, this time for me. Um, that is not, that's not selfish. It's not bad. It's taking care of yourself and knowing that your brain is going to be done, that you are going to need a break. And, um, that's completely allowable. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, I think that's, you know, that's some of it. There's, you know, like I used to work some on Saturdays quite a bit, like I would do. And now I'm really like, no, I'm not working on Saturdays. Saturday's my, I'm not doing Saturday. I'm not doing anything on that day because I work a lot. I work on the job I work on with faculty. I have another job that I work at a research center. I do consulting for school districts. So I have a lot of stuff that I'm doing. And then, but um, I've just decided, you know, I, this time is allowing for some flexibility around things. And so I'm using, I'm taking advantage of that and everybody should take advantage of that. So what, what positives you can get out of this, capitalize on them because, um, because there's, there's, Negative. There's a lot of negatives, you know, and we need to balance those out with as many positives as we can. So you're not being selfish and you're not, it's not rude to know, to, uh, to maybe lie and say you don't have that time on your calendar. No, you don't have that time on your calendar. It's not a lie uh, because you're taking care of yourself during that time. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for that advice. And I like that was also um, kind of the last big question that, you know, distinguished speakers as a committee came up with that we like wanted to ask you. Um, so I guess this is kind of a time for anyone who's like an attendee that hasn't asked a question yet who maybe wants to or um, if you don't want to, obviously no pressure to ask any questions if we if we answered it all. But yeah, we uh, we got through all the questions that we had today. So um, I guess like as I give people time to either, you know, like think of a question they want to ask and or like not ask a question. Is there like, I guess any final pieces of advice that you would want to give like us as college students, you know, finishing out this semester, you know, having like midterms coming up. And then obviously when, you know, we have no in-person classes really, the university kind of shuts down for the year after Thanksgiving. Uh, do you like have any just pieces of advice or like how to continue and then even on to next semester where it looks like it's going to be a pretty similar format as this one? Yeah, I think, uh, sorry, my dog was barking. There's people outside our house. So she, my, my husband kicked her out though. I think she's outside now. Um, so, uh, so I think one of the things to think about 
one of the things that you definitely should do is think about what is working for you right now and think about how you can do more of that. And what's not working for you, try to stop doing those things. So really being self-reflective um, and being aware. And this is one of the things, this is the, one of the um, parts of the self-regulation um, process is sort of this post when you're getting done with something and you're finishing up, really thinking about what strategies are working for me. And this is not just in learning content, this is in being motivated. So did setting goals work for me? Did scheduling time in the morning versus the afternoon? What works for you and what doesn't work for you? And being um, strategic about that. Uh, that is one of the things we know that, that people who, uh, who don't struggle with motivation as much, who uh, are more effective learners, are very self-reflective. So they very much are, they're reflective within the process. So right now, as you're in this process, thinking about what's working and what's not working. And then when you get done at the end of the semester and you look back, what worked? And then thinking about, so how can I make sure I do more of that stuff this coming semester? Because like you said, I don't think it's gonna be any different. We've been told it's not gonna be any different than what's happening right now. So how can I do more of that? And then what were some things that didn't work for me along the way? What were maybe some things I struggled with? And then how did I resolve those? How did I deal with those? And then how can I keep myself from having those same struggles uh, moving forward? It doesn't mean you won't have other struggles, but, um, but you know, if we can learn from those mistakes, if we can learn from those struggles and then figure out what worked and what didn't work. Um, those would be, that would be, uh, what I would suggest. And then if you really find that you're really struggling and it's sort of overwhelming, then find resources, talk to people, get help. I mean, we have actually at the Counseling Mental Health Center, I will tell you that there's been a huge uptick in the number of students accessing the Counseling Mental Health Center. Um, one, because of, you know, this is, this is traumatic for folks. This is anxiety producing, like you said, social isolation. It's one of the things that can lead to depression and these sort of, you know, these negative emotional responses. Um, but it's also easier because it's telehealth. And so what a lot of students have said is that they, they actually, because they don't have to walk over to the SSB, which sometimes can be daunting to do, and they can just call and schedule an appointment and do it through this. Students actually seem to like doing the, this telehealth, um, you know, stuff and doing it this way. So that would be the other thing too, is we have lots and lots of resources at UT, not just the Counseling Mental Health Center and the University of Health but a lot of different resources that are available. So if you're, if you are struggling and you're kind of having difficulty, another good one at our CMHC is our groups. We have a lot of groups and workshops and they're designing them specifically around what students ask for. So if you get in there and you, there's not a group that looks like one you would want to participate in, but you really are like you have an issue and you feel like I, I would need to talk to a group that has this similarity, put it in as a suggestion as a, a group that they should do because they look at those and um, the person who runs those is really good. She looks through those recommendations and tries to figure out how to schedule those kind of groups um, that students ask for and both graduate students and undergrad students. So it's not just for a lot of graduate students think that they're not for some reason the CMHC is not for them. It totally, they, they have several groups that are just for graduate students. So, um, so, and I know they just started scheduling one on motivation for students because that was one students asked for, uh, was a group around motivation and staying motivated in online courses and in remote learning environments. 
So, um, so do realize there are resources too that are available. If you find that you're really struggling and you can't, you know, you can't get past it, you can't work it out. Like, you know, faculty will help you. Staff, there's people at the CMHC who will help you. There's other staff who will help you. Academic advisors, they will give you resources. So reach out to people and ask for help if you need it. Um, that would be the other thing because there may be things you're struggling with that you really do need help with. And that's okay, that's, that's, part, of, that's part of the deal. So that would be my other suggestion. Yeah, thank you so much. All of those were like really great suggestions and ideas like to help us. I definitely, there was like a few things that you said that I didn't like fully realize were resources like available to me or that I could personally do, but that was really great. Um, we don't have, or no one in like the audience or attendees asked any um, like final questions. So I think we were able to answer all the questions that our attendees had. So um, like before we go, it is almost seven o'clock, um, but before we go, I want to thank you like a final time for coming and speaking with us and scheduling our Zoom call into your day, um, which yeah. like we know is uh, a really big deal and that everyone like wants their time offline. But yes, uh, thank you so much for doing this and you gave really, really great advice. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, using some of the tips that you gave us in my own life. I'm sure other people who joined this call are too. But yeah, th uh, thank you again. For, You're for welcome. Thanks for inviting me. This is fun. I can sit around and talk about this stuff all day. It's fun to talk about. I'm glad. Well, um, thank you, everyone. Uh, Jessica, I, I don't know if we have to end the call to stop recording, but um, I'm, I'm going to end the call today. I hope everyone has a really amazing rest of their week um, and that, you know, we discuss some stuff that that's going to help everyone here moving forward for the rest of the semester and next semester as well. So uh, thank you all again and have a great night.